previously on Film Code. The eight week losing streak has finally come to an end as the guys have officially cracked the code. Um, so the year 2000 to 2010, I pick a movie in 2002 um, with the cast of Renee Zellweger, Richard Gere, Queen Latifah, John C. Riley, the musical Chicago. I also went with Chicago. Oh, you suck. <laughs> I remember you talking highly about a film back when we started the podcast. Um, I don't know if it was your What's Good. I don't remember, but I specifically remember you talking about this film called Chicago from <laughs> 2002, directed by Rob Marshall. Oh, man, I hate myself. I really thought I made this hard, but yes, it is Chicago. Congratulations, guys. We finally did it. Now, the hunt is on to see if the streak can continue with Nick's new code word. My code word for this week is wonder from 1990 to 1999. The director is featured in the film, whether that be in the lead, in the supporting cast, he is in the film, and it's a musical. Plus, the guys finally look at Aaron Sorkin's new 2020 film, The Trial of the Chicago 7. What will they think of this new film and its potential Oscar chances? Find out all that and more on this week's episode of Film Code. What's going on, everybody? Welcome to Film Code. Oh, screw it. Anyway. It's, uh, it's 22. Is it 22? I was going to say, yeah. I looked it up. It's 22. All right. Sweet. Good guess. Uh, my name is Phoenix Cloudin. I'm joined today by all three of my guest co-hosts. Guest co-hosts. All three of the co-hosts wow. today. <laughs> wow. Right, right. Wow. Uh, first off, what's going on, Nick? How are you today, man? Uh, you know, so glad to to be a guest on the show. <laughs> Super happy. Been wanting to be on the show for so long. Right, right. Um, but no, doing well, doing well. Um, just another Sunday in the in the fall. It's starting to, to get colder, which is nice. So vibing with with the fall weather. Can't wait oh, till Christmas. Good old Ohio sixty-eight weather. days till Christmas. Woo! All right. Oh man, if only we recorded yesterday. <laughs> Oh, wow. Really? Wow. <laughs> we, wow. And that, that is Brandon. Brandon, how are you, man? <laughs> I'm good, Phoenix. It's good um, to be back on. Um, obviously got other things on your mind. It's we cool. got the explicit <laughs> warning a minute into the show. Yeah, really. We're editing this, right? Yeah. No. Oh, thank God. <laughs> okay. 
I'm good, Phoenix. It's good to be back. It's good to talk another new movie with you guys. Um, I really enjoyed the upcoming movie. Um, I know we've all haven't really talked much about this, so I'm really excited to dive into it with you guys. It's good to be back. It's good to be able to talk some cinema again with you guys. So yeah. All right, and joining us, he's got his eggs and his coffee, and the girl. <laughs> we're so we're all so happy for him. Nathan Pig, what's going on, sir? What's up, Phoenix? Glad you asked me back since apparently I'm a guest host now. Um, you know, I think this is episode 21 for me of 22. So I'm glad I can keep coming back as your guest. Thank um, you so much. No, but but regardless, uh, looking forward to talking about a huge release. Um, I know we'll get into it here in a little bit of a different episode for us, but just so excited to talk about this movie. Yes. All right. And of course, the movie that Nathan is referring to is the latest Netflix original movie uh, written and directed by Aaron Sorkin. It is the trial of the Chicago Seven. Uh, a lot of buzz around this movie. It was, uh, I guess you could argue, definitely looking at being an uh, Academy Award nominee, probably a multiple Academy Award nominee. Um so real quick first impressions guys uh nathan i'll start with you what did you think of the trial of the chicago seven yeah so a non-spoiler talk because we'll break that barrier here in a few minutes um i'll just straight up say i think this is the front runner for best picture right now given everything that's come out so far i know we haven't gotten a lot of things uh that'll come out here in the next few months but for what we already have out in the year 2020, there's nothing that even comes close to this in my mind for for what best picture is normally looking for. Um, so very happy with it. I love the performances. I wasn't really sure who the true star was of this movie, right. who they listed as the lead actor until uh, I looked it up afterwards. And even that didn't necessarily make sense to me. I thought someone else was tech would have technically been the lead. Um, but performances all across the board to where they share a ton of moments. There's not one character that dominates the screen. There's not one character that gets all the shining moments. Um, every, not, I don't want to say everyone, but I'd say a handful of characters uh, get a ton of great moments. And this is just a courtroom drama that is over two hours that doesn't feel like it's suffocating you. You still feel invested the whole time. You know, there's so much talking, there's so much tension building, but at the end of the day, uh, I feel like I at least appreciated that more than a lot of people did. Um, so that's what I'll say about that. Nick, what do you think? Yeah, um, I said it to Nathan after we, we finished watching it last night that we could have just watched the the best picture winner from this year. Um, I think, you know, and we'll, we'll talk more in, in depth when we can talk about spoilers, but there's two moments that come like 20 minutes in of each other that I'm like, wow, that, that's an Oscar moment right there, you know? And then like 10 minutes later, I'm like, oh no, that's the Oscar moment <laughs> right there. Um, and just this perfectly falls. I love history. I love um, biopics. And this is one of my favorite periods in time. I think it's very similar to a time that we live in today um, where this, you know, revolution is going on, protests. There's just so much history going on i think this is going to be um the time that is is looked upon in 50 years like the 60s so just 
to fall into that period, it was great. Yeah, and I, I think a discussion topic for the future should be each movie's, uh, each Best Picture winner's defining moment. That's a, that's a great topic we can have for the future. So just wanted to sidebar that real quick. Uh, Brandon, let's hear it. Um, overall, I really enjoyed it. Um, I just put it up in two parts last night because I was falling asleep. Um, I got about an hour in and I really enjoyed it. Um, and then I watched the rest of it this morning. I I want to say it's best picture, but it's definitely Oscar worthy. Um, I think I, I actually just ranked it on my 2020 films. I just ranked it in my top five out of 14. So um, definitely, definitely an enjoyable film. Um, like Nick said, there's a lot of Oscar moments where like, okay, this, this is an Oscar worthy moment. Oh wait, no, okay, this is an Oscar worthy moment. No, this, so definitely. <laughs> Definitely really good. Um, and, I, and I'm really. Anytime a film has numerous of those, it's always a good thing. Yeah. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Exactly. That's that's why I was so hooked with Parasite last year. Uh, don't want to go. I don't want to go too much on a tangent on that, but Parasite Best Picture definitely deserved the win. Um, but yeah, um, I'm I'm excited to dive into spoilers with you guys. Oh yeah. Uh, so I watched this last night um, at like two a.m. Right. At like two a.m. You know me. <laughs> uh. Man, you know, I, I, I shouldn't be shocked. You know, anytime that you see Aaron Sorkin's name and then you add the fact that it's a courtroom drama, I mean, the Oscars nominate themselves. You know what I'm saying? It's, it's this was bound to happen. And this cast, come on. Eddie Redmayne, Sasha Baron Cohen, Yahya Abdul Mateen. This, this cast was ridiculous. Frank Langella, who was. Whoo, <laughs> we'll talk about him later. Uh, but a fantastic movie. Like this movie was great. I was, Don't I was- again Michael Keaton. Michael Keaton. Michael Keaton Who just great. came out of nowhere and killed it. Like uh, Joseph Gordon-Levitt, who was finally in a good movie this year. <laughs> like, yep. like, so I was, I was thoroughly impressed with it. I, I, I agree with you, Nathan. I don't think anybody really stood out as an individual performance, but I think collectively as a performances, like as an ensemble, fantastic. Yeah, like I don't think any, I, I don't think Eddie Redmayne, if they go down that path of using him as the lead, I don't think he's strong enough to win. If they use any actor as the lead, I don't think they're strong enough to win. I think they're all strong enough to win supporting from what we've seen so far though. Uh, like this is the SAG ensemble winner, in my opinion. Yep. I, yeah, definitely. Um, so and I mean, I, I just want to clarify too what, what you're saying because I understand it, but um, yeah, I mean, they're all deliver great performances, yeah. absolutely. It's just like when you talk about this movie, you're not going to say, Oh, that one guy had a great performance, you're going right. to say, Wow, there was like six guys that had great performances, <laughs> right? And that's why I think I, I would be surprised if any of them win just because they all steal from each other. You know, like you think one person is building enough momentum to to win an award and then someone else steals a moment and then someone else steals a moment. Uh-huh. Like, oh, okay. But I, I do. I do have a question since we can't really tell who the lead who who like the main character is. Do you think if they were qualified for best actors in a do you think it would be in a supporting role only or? I would argue Probably. that that yeah like if anyone does qualify as a supporting role and it would probably in my opinion go to Sasha Baron Cohen. Um, 
I just think, you know what I'm saying, for someone who's normally a comedic actor, he finds just pockets of brilliance in drama, mm-hmm. but also manages still to be funny. So I think he stands out in that. I mean, it's like the perfect role for him. Like, it's ridiculous how, how perfect of a role that was. So he yeah. stands out uh, just because of that. So if anything, I would give the nod to him. And maybe if, you know what I'm saying, say say two people got it, I would probably give the other one to... I'm, I'm torn between Eddie Redmayne or Yahya Abdul-Mateen. I think they both did just fantastic jobs. It's See, such a I would movie. I would go with, I would agree with you on uh, Sasha Baron Cohen, but I would say uh, Frank Langella as the judge yeah. would be would be my other choice for supporting. And even though he's a little farther down the cast list, I think that, you know, you watch this film, you'll, you'll know why. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So let's let's go ahead and break the barrier. Let's talk spoilers for this film. That is a spoiler warning in case you're dense or haven't seen it yet. Yes. Um, okay. So Phoenix, kick us off. Okay. Uh, you mentioned Frank Langella. I got to start with this guy. N- no one else in this movie made my blood boil as much as this guy. Like not even from just the the way he was just dismissing, you know, saying the 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 entire uh, Chicago Seven's case or whatever. Like the thing that made me the maddest at first was the fact that he couldn't get anybody's name right. <laughs> like that shit was making me so fucking mad. Like Derringer and Fine Glass was like, bro, what the fuck? Like they've told you like <laughs> seven times what these people's names are like is ridiculous and like i just think that made him uh just so annoying just gnawing at me like the entire movie i was just like i hate this guy like nothing pisses me off more than when people mispronounce my name so i'm like if you do that and then you keep doing it after i've corrected you i'm ready to strangle you so i'm like <laughs> i'm like no like that 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 was a perfect tool to get me to hate this guy and then they just kept making it worse throughout the rest of the film gotta agree uh, with phoenix over here um, <laughs> <laughs> um i think they did a good job of balancing like your hate for this guy and like a good performance because you know there's some movies where like there's the villain and they're just written so good that like you actually hate them and it like hurts the movie's credibility in a sense because you're just so focused on hating them that you can't focus on anything else and it stayed away from that here which was really good but i think also something that was was so good too was all the how they laid out the story you know you saw them in the beginning planning to go to chicago and then all of a sudden they're in the courtroom and when there's needed you know back stories you get that in the sense of like deposition and mm-hmm. you know when when we eventually get to the tapes you you start to learn like what happened actually happened you know so you're kind of figuring it out as long as you go it's it's very in a way like the social network which was also written by aaron sorkin in the way that like there's the two court cases and you're kind of learning what happens as the court cases go on like the court case is the present day future or the present day so in that way, it's it's written great. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I want to talk about, you know, in a 
in a cast where everyone delivers a great performance. I want to talk about Jeremy Strong as well, mm-hmm. who I think is a pretty underrated actor, to, to be frank. Um, you know, he's in The Big Short. Um, that's a movie a lot of people have seen, but that's such a minor role. And um, he's in Molly's Game, which was also directed by Aaron Sorkin. The only two movies that were directed by Aaron Sorkin. Mm-hmm. Um, so a lot of people just haven't seen this man. And if they have, because he's in some big titles, He's been in smaller roles. I think he did a fantastic job. Um, again, not someone that I could see winning an Oscar, but someone that every time he said something as the weird hippie guy that he was, um, <laughs> he killed it. Which he weird? Which it. weird hippie guy? The, uh, Jerry the shorter weird. one. Yeah, the shorter there's thirty one. of them. Okay. I was gonna say there was two weird hippie guys. Yeah. The shorter one. I think that. <laughs> I think that you know Sasha Baron Cohen does about it. I think he does the best job of anyone. Mm-hmm. But at the end of the day, like everyone still does such a fantastic job that you have to talk about it. And another another performance while we're just along the same lines is Mark Rylance as the um, attorney for the yeah. Chicago Seven. I think he was fantastic as well. This is a guy that the whole time I was fascinated. I was like, who is this guy? I don't I don't know him from anywhere. You know, he's in <laughs> a few movies that I've seen, but also Trial of the Chicago Seven on Letterbox is now his fifth listed movie. And this movie just came out three days ago. So not a lot of people have seen this movie and it's the fifth highest movie. So not a lot of people know this man, including myself. I would be shocked if any of you guys know him well. Um, Not by name, no. So isn't he from Ready Player One, right? He is, yes. So. uh, Oh yeah, yeah. And he's in Dunkirk too. Um, So Mm. I, I don't know. He was fantastic in my mind. I think that, you know, like I said, I'm just going to keep beating a dead horse. Um, <laughs> everyone in this cast does such a fantastic job. And I also love the Wes Anderson um, cameo appearance that Michael Keaton does. Yeah, <laughs> we say we say that because Wes Anderson uh, gets all these big actors for such minor roles for like one minute cameos in his movies. Michael Keaton was the perfect cameo. They need someone who was intimidating who was confident, who like walked in the room and you were like, oh shit. Um, And I feel like Aaron Sorkin and the rest of the producers, whoever, whomever is in on those decisions were sitting there and they're like, who can we get that's intimidating that as soon as they pop up on screen, people are gonna be like, whoa. Whoa. (laughs) Michael Keaton. I'm willing to bet you that John Carroll Lynch was able to get Michael Keaton to sign on to this film because they've done a few films together. Nice. Yeah, probably. Another guy who's a fantastic actor. Didn't see too much of him, to be honest. He didn't. I think if anyone got shafted a little bit by lines, screen time, I would say it was him. Um, But nonetheless. Yeah. uh, So all of that. (laughs) <laughs> all of that is true and then uh i want to talk briefly just about the screenplay here like like nick said like you 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 see a moment and you're like oh that's the oscar moment and then 10 minutes later there's another one and like that seriously kept happening throughout the film one of my favorite monologues is um eddie redmaine's when he says like when people talk about progressive politics they'll remember you they'll remember you know what i'm saying people smoking weed and trying to levitate the Pentagon instead of, you know, education and poverty and justice and all of those things. I was like, 
he's right. Like, like, I'm like, there were so many moments in this in this script where I was like, I can see its relevance to today. You know what I'm saying? For anyone who does pay attention or follow politics or the protest movement, you know what I'm saying? You see the, a lot of these parallels where it's like, you know, people misrepresenting your message and, and changing your words and then using that against you. Like all of that is still pretty prevalent in the protest movement. And, uh, you know what I'm saying? And, and it hurts, you know, like, and I'll, I'll admit before this, I did not know about this trial. I was wondering if any of you knew anything about this trial at all. I, I was actually just about to ask you that. And, um, <laughs> Nick and I did not. Uh, mm-hmm. Which I was surprised. Nick Nick normally knows a lot about this history and, and things like yeah. that, but um, no, we didn't. Um, you didn't, Brandon? Did you? Nope. Yeah. So I what what was stunning to me about that was how long this trial went on. Right. You know, yeah. At really. first it goes it goes from day one and they take the little break, and then it goes to day three. And Nick and I were like, "Where's day two? Where's the rest of day one? <laughs> What's going on?" Yeah. But if someone had told us before that this trial spans six months. I would have expected it to skip right. some days. <laughs> I mean, it, it was crazy. And I think they did such a fantastic job of of showing those time lapses. And they did it so easily, too. I mean, I'd rather have them do that than spend two minutes showing, uh, you know, what's the word I'm looking for? Like them going through time with no words. Like a, like a montage? Yes, a montage. Yeah, thank right. you. Um, couldn't, couldn't think of that word. Yes, a montage. <laughs> what they did was just so much better because you'd be on day 24 and then they'd skip to like day 70 and you'd be like, Whoa, <laughs> like what the fuck? Like, I guess yeah, they made like a big jump from like 80 to 140. <laughs> yeah, right. I, I think that's, that's the, the brilliance of, of Aaron Sorkin. And when it comes to this movie is picking out the important information to make it, you know, just over two hours. Cause because this is, you know, a long trial. This could have been like a three-hour movie. But, the, you know, he showed the important scenes. There were even a lot of scenes like out of trial, like when they're in the house and when they go to, you know, Michael Keaton's house. You know, there's so much out of the courtroom that, like, those courtroom scenes, when they did hit, hit, hit really well because they picked out the important moments. Because you know that there, there were some stuff where you're like, sitting in the court you would be sitting in the courtroom snoozing um (laughs) and you know there were such good twists like nathan and i were like wow (laughs) when they had all the undercover people like mingling within the the seven and like getting to know all their information especially that woman and you know they (laughs) they just are on the stand as police officers and we're like wait so they were against the movement but there are police officers like what's going on and then i forget who said it but one of the guys on the the, the chicago seven said oh do you think they you know <laughs> had all these undercovers blah 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 and i was like oh shit, they were all undercovers that's crazy <laughs> yeah it says you think seven people protested in chicago and Ten thousand undercover cops. <laughs> like, You're not really. Oh, well, yeah. And I know that we've already talked about the script a little bit, but I love that they would show you something, and then they'd show you they'd show you like the beginning of something, whether it be them preparing to go to Chicago, and they showed you the end, like them at the trial. But you never mm-hmm. know what happened in the middle. Like you know, they did something enough to get arrested, but you wouldn't actually know. 
and they did this several times whether it was um uh tom hayden is that the guy's name so yeah tom yeah. hayden yeah. like taking the air out of the tire they showed that after you already knew he did it or uh like the kid climbing the flagpole and him telling people to to let the blood flow like they showed that scene after so i just i really enjoyed the screenplay absolutely i I, want to touch Mm -hmm. on that and i think this is a strong contender for screenplay best screenplay absolutely Um, Um, i know that you want to talk about phoenix you want to talk about bobby seal uh okay (laughs) right because you you mentioned that earlier Oh, uh, yeah, yeah, Abdul Mateen. I hope I'm getting a name right. Um, I'm so like proud of this dude. Like, I mean, th- like, aside from this performance, like, this dude has been in, he's had a good year, maybe couple, two years. Couple, couple years. Yeah, yeah. Like, I mean, this Watchmen, he's in the new Candyman. Like, dude is. He's in, he's in us and Aquaman, too. Yeah. Like, yeah. Like, dude is, is good. He's really good and in demand. I like it fantastic actor um his role in this isn't even that you know large i think he's only in like maybe a half hour total in the whole movie but he's so good you know what i'm saying he's very captivating and he fits bobby seal to a t like that was that was really impressive and just his story i think is fantastic his interactions with the judge uh, I mean, it was it, it was making my blood boil. Like, I'm just like, ooh wee, like I can't imagine being in that situation and just not losing my shit. Um, but yeah, just it, I think his inclusion was significant because he really wasn't a part of this. You know what I'm saying? Like he even says, like, there's eight of us, and you see that they're talking about free the Chicago Seven. He's like, clearly, I'm not with them. Like, and it's just like. I, I love his his story because it is important to this case, even if it wasn't, you know, it wasn't anything that he did or anything. He wasn't related to that, the protest movement. But I just thought his entire inclusion was necessary. So I'm with you. I think screenplay, I, I don't see how this doesn't get a nod. Um, but what I wanted to ask is, like, you mentioned the social network, Nick, like, this is this is eerily similar to the social network like yeah low-key yeah like like very similar and um like to me that's almost a bad thing because i'm like the social network in my mind is i I think in all of our minds was like the perfect film like ridiculously perfect yeah anyone who listens to the show knows that we are (laughs) avid supporters of the social network right like that, the movie i was saying i've watched both of these movies this week right so i watched the <laughs> social network on on thursday right i still i still need to see that movie oh my god it's fantastic oh like, my god right well the three of us at least brandon all gave it five stars <laughs> so yeah yeah and it's my fifth favorite movie of all time so wow yeah so like to me i'm like it sucks that it, it's so similar because i'm like there's like I, I love this movie. I actually really enjoyed it, but it, it does not compare <laughs> to the social network. And um, I, I wonder if you think that is a ding against it because they're they're so similar, I guess, in the way, in terms I mean, of writing. I mean, per- personally, I wouldn't say that they're so similar. I, I think Aaron Sorkin, like, 
you expect the quick pace, like fast dialogue. Um, and honestly, I think the only comparing things is Aaron Sorkin's style. Um, I mean, yes, there's there's court scenes. Well, the court scenes are totally different. Like one's, uh, you know, criminal and one's, um, you know. Civil by or political. Uh, <laughs> no, in the social network, it's more of like a, um, a lawsuit compared to like a criminal trial. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I think just the way that he like shows a story um, by like flashing back and, and forward, I think is very stylistic of Aaron Sorkin in, in the director slash writer chair. So I, I really like until we mentioned social network personally, I didn't see like too striking of a comparison like when we were watching it last night, I didn't think of of the social network at all, other than that he wrote both of them. Mm. But that's just yeah. me. And and for me personally, I've seen quite a few of Aaron Sorkin's films. Uh, he's only directed two, Molly's Game and this. So I'm excited to see what he does next. But as far as films that he's written and the screenplay is his production, um, I've seen five actually. So I've seen Moneyball, A Few Good Men. Social Network, Molly's Game, and then this. So seeing a diversity of his work, obviously you could say there are similarities between Chicago 7 and Social Network, but no. Since since I've seen the other three, like Molly's Game, if you told me Molly's Game and Trial of Chicago 7 were directed by the same person, I'd be pretty surprised. I would, really? just knowing what that film is. Yeah. That's also a film I'm not a big fan of. Um, and then Moneyball is just a completely different Moneyball. animal. So. Yeah. I think that, and, and A Few Good Men is, I think you can t- tie similarities to that in Trial of Chicago 7 way more than anything because those are both yeah. both courtroom dramas. Um, and that's a fantastic film as well that was made so long ago. So I would say compare that closer to Trial than Social to Trial. Um, either way, what I'm trying to say is that having seen lots of Aaron Sorkin's work, I would say no, they're not, they're not really, there's similarities, but no, I wouldn't say they're like replicas or, or anywhere even close. Or I don't think he sat down and said, this worked really well for me in social network. Let me try to do something similar. <laughs> I, don't, I don't think that's what I'm arguing. I just, I think that, you know, I, I, I could definitely like Molly's game and definitely a few good men. Like you can just, you can tell like, this is his specialty pretty much. Like, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, this is one of those things where you're like, oh, I see, I see the Sorkin touch here um especially when it comes to courtroom dramas like i don't know how many courtroom dramas you guys have seen uh making a courtroom drama compelling is a really hard thing to do like yeah, I mean, look at look at just mercy yeah i mean the you know, best part yeah, of the, I mean, the best parts of that film weren't even in the courtroom right yeah like, there's not even a lot of, i wouldn't even call that a courtroom drama though because it's not like centered around a court case it's more about like a per, like an individual than, than anything. Yeah. Well, I'm, um, I'm officially lobbying for a remake of To Kill a Mockingbird because the original 1962, whatever the hell version, yeah, whatever, is absolutely boring, bland, and distasteful. So I am lobbying here on Film Code. I am lobbying for a remake directed by Jordan Peele Written by Aaron, I'm not, not, not Jordan Peele, excuse me. Yeah. Uh, directed by uh, Ryan Coogler is what I meant to say. Ooh. Directed Ooh. by Ryan Coogler. 
written by Aaron Sorkin, starring Sam Rockwell. <laughs> that is what I am lobbying for. Get it done. I will take uh, 5% of all profits for providing the idea. There you go. I'll can, take, I, can I say I'll take 1% knowing the man. <laughs> can I say a good courtroom drama is, um, if we can count this, The Judge. Starring Robert Downey Jr. See that, I, that I did not think that was a good courtroom drama. Like I've never even heard of that. Yeah, it's, yeah, really. uh, it's the only film that Robert Downey Jr. did outside of the MCU in like ten years. <laughs> yeah, see, okay, here's the here's the synopsis of it. Uh, big city lawyer Hank Palmer returns to his childhood home where his father, the town's judge, is suspected of murder. Hank sets out to discover the truth, and along the way, reconnects with his estranged father. Like it, it, it's a compelling idea, but like as far as a courtroom drama, eh, eh, eh. <laughs> what about Lincoln Lawyer? Are we calling that a courtroom drama? I haven't seen. Lincoln. I've never heard of that. <laughs> okay. Yeah. What do you mean? Anyways. That has Matthew McConaughey. I feel like it got nominated for Best Picture. No, it, I, I don't think it did. Anyways, really? moving. Yeah, I was back say, to getting back to the. <laughs> if I, if, if, my apologies for saying. Uh, um, Jordan Peele for directing To Kill a Mockingbird. That have like I was going to say, what are we four trying to get? Aspects. Yeah, yeah, no. really. Ryan Coogler, af- after seeing Fruitvale Station, Ryan Coogler's the man for that. Anyway, yeah, get Michael B. Jordan in there, too. Oh, that would be awesome. <laughs> Sam, Sam Rockwell has to play at his finish. finish. So that's, that's the perfect casting. Anyways, <laughs> coming back to this movie, I think it's just, it's stunning that you know, obviously this is taken from real life events, so it's not like they, it was their creative decision to write this in. But it was stunning that when Michael Keaton's character took the stand and everything, the judge just dismissed everything he said and didn't find it relevant to the case. That's, I mean, yeah. <laughs> uh, that was well, just, uh, <laughs> One thing I want to touch on, and Phoenix has already touched on, on this as well, is the the two back-to-back oscar worthy moments i definitely think that that first one that phoenix mentioned when when um they were talking about progressive politics mm-hmm. um i think that was that was a huge scene but i mean talk about huge massive important scene is when they're listening to the tape oh yeah and <laughs> he wants to you know get on the the stand he wants to, you know, testify for himself. And, you know, the, the lawyer is playing, um, you know, the, the defense lawyer is playing the prosecutor and, you know, they're playing the tapes, asking the questions. And just that moment right there is just perfect Oscar worthy moment. Like you want to talk about like Oscars, that's Oscars right there. There were a lot of those moments, uh, throughout the film like i would argue that the i mean uh, even the last scene too oh my god yes <laughs> the last scene was incredible um mm-hmm. i think uh the scene where oh god what's his name uh jesus uh crap oh Probably not jesus i'm blanking on his name um oh it's sasha Baron cohen his character when uh, he's yes. when he's on the witness stand like Abby, yes, Abby, Hoffman. yes, Abby Hoffman, when he's on the witness stand, like, and he says that line, like, you know, I've never been on trial for my thoughts before. You know what I'm saying? Like, 
Like that, that's going to be in that. I think that's a ridiculously good scene. I think you'll, you'll see that, that that's definitely an Oscar moment. I think you have yeah, just uh, how he handled himself too. Yeah. Yeah. Especially because the whole movie he was built up as this, you know, Crazy. carefree, right. no, no smooth brain. Like, mm-hmm. yeah. Didn't think that he, when they even said, let him take the stand as the audience, you're like, really? Why? Why? <laughs> this guy yeah. was making fun of the judge, egging him on, just being an overall disaster <laughs> to their whole operation. And then he takes the stand and it's like, why didn't he take the stand earlier? Right. Yeah. Yeah. He's sticking it to JGL. So, I mean, I and it's obviously no surprise that they got convicted, but for the fact that they got convicted were sentenced to five years, appealed, got up to a higher court, and the the attorney general didn't even want to prosecute it again. I mean that just Yeah. I mean it was such it was such a BS case. Like everybody knew it was a BS case. Oh yeah. But like it's just like to me, then that's another scene. I don't I don't know if it's an Oscar worthy scene, but the scene when they decide that these are the guys that they're gonna go after and for what reason I was like, yeah, like, you know what I'm saying? Like, sometimes uh, people just do things for no good reason, but they don't realize the the high cost of it. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? So, like, to me, and that was another scene in, when um, Sasha Baron Cohen was on the stand, and he said, like, you know, I believe our democracy and institutions are wonderful things, and they're just occupied by some terrible people. Like, yeah. that's, that's, you want to talk about, like, relevance like today's relevance this movie came out at like the perfect time yeah and is why i think this is such a strong contender for best picture is because if this would have come out last year ignore all the other films that you know were nominated for best picture and and everything like that if this would have come out last year it would not have as much relevance as it does right now in this current time Right mm-hmm. now, in this current time, there are so many parallels to what they were going through in this film. I mean, like, you know, race and, you know, protests going on. And I think you could even argue in the last scene when, you know, he's reading off the names of, you know, all the American soldiers that were killed in Vietnam since the courtroom started. I think you could compare that to reading off all the the black people who have been shot by white police officers since this year started i think or even in this in this last decade you know you could you know draw so many parallels to that and that's why i think it has such a good chance because it's so it takes place 50 years ago but it's so present that it's it's scary so i gotta ask a question uh before we wrap up this discussion do you think when the Black Panther notes were sent out to, like the threatening Black Panther notes were sent out to jurors, do you think that was real or do you think that was fake? Oh, that was 100% fake. Ooh, totally yeah. fake. <laughs> like, yeah. like, just like even opinions aside on this, like they even said the, the Panthers don't send threatening messages like that. Yeah. <laughs> and I think they do a really good job of like implying that it was fake, but also not directly telling you. Right. Yeah, and one one last thing I want to touch on too is Joseph Gordon-Levitt should have been the villain. His mm. character should have been the villain, but I think 
he, in a way, he redeemed himself at the end, specifically, you know, standing for the fallen um, and, you know, respecting that. But also when he tries to to get um, the black, I forget, the Black Panther leader. What's his name? Fred Hampton? No, the other guy. The guy like... Oh, Bobby Seal? Gag. Yeah. To, to try and get him as a mistrial because yeah. he just knows that it's wrong. And I think from the beginning, he was skeptical of like trying this case. But like, I think as a redeemable character, it's it's so great. Yeah, like his arc actually is, is probably one of the more interesting ones because you could tell that Definitely. he's... He was like not really like he even argued like the one thing you don't want to do is give them a stage and an audience. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Like and, you know, and, but everybody's thinking like, you know, who's going to care? These guys are, you know, hippies. They're they're crazy leftists. You know what I'm saying? Right. Who's really going to follow them? And it turns out a lot of people, you know what I'm saying? Like, like a lot of people yeah. were against the Vietnam War. So like him. You know, I think he he was conflicted with it number one, and then, but you know, he did his yeah. job. So like, it, I I agree with you. Like, he's technically a villain. Like he he is technically a villain, but he does have a redeemable arc that I think is very satisfying for that character. Definitely. So, what are final scores, and where does this rank in terms of twenty twenty movies for you, uh, Brandon? Why don't you go ahead? Because um, I know you already talked about it. Yeah, I gave it a four and a half star out of five on Letterboxd, and I also put it as number five on my list of 2020 films. What I do need you, to see more. What do you have better than it? Um, Tenet as number one. Wow! <laughs> yeah. Onward Phoenix is number two. The Tenet hang. No. No. The Invisible, the Invisible wait, wait, Man. What do you have as number two? Onward. Oh Jesus Christ. <laughs> The, excuse me, sir. May I, uh, may I go on? Yes, yes, please. <laughs> the Invisible Man is number three, uh-huh. and the Devil all the time. And the Devil all the time is number four. <laughs> oh my goodness, Brandon! No, I love that we have. I love no. that we're not all the same. I love oh that we're not my. all the same. Oh my god! I love that's good. Man. That's good. I love Nathan, it. Nathan, you, you go. How, <laughs> how, how are you going to follow that up? I haven't decided between four or four and a half yet. Still trying to make up my mind between four and four and a half. I, I, I'd just like to say I never got to finish my review. Oh, oh, oh sorry. Oh, go, okay. ahead. Okay. go ahead. Go ahead. Right. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So, yeah, um, four out of five, uh, four, four point, four and a half star out of five. Um, I really enjoyed this film. Um, there were a lot of moments where I'm like, yep, yeah, definitely Oscar worthy. Um, I felt like attached to the characters. Like not many films can make me do that. So. This man Phoenix is, is getting me weak over here. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm sorry. That was so, Okay. So. All right. I'm hanging up now. Bye. It's for Welcome me. Welcome to the club. For me, it's four or four and a half. I haven't made up my mind yet. Um, I still think it's extremely strong contender, front runner for best picture right now. Um, if I was making the decision, it would win best picture. Um, as far as where it ranks in my 2020, it will either be number one or number two. Again, I still haven't decided. Um, we shall see. I still think, and I'm going to have to mute the left side of my screen completely. 
I still think I'm thinking of ending things is such a fantastic movie. Oh, that's com- that's competing. That, that is going to compete for best movie with with Trial. So fantastic film. So glad. Uh, so glad. <laughs> oh my god! Jeez. <laughs> All right, Nick, go ahead. I'll, I'll wait till, till Phoenix gets himself under control here. This is gonna be great. I can't wait. Go ahead. Nick. All right. Um, for me, it's four and a half. Um, as much as I, I do enjoy and probably will rewatch both of these films at the end of the year, um, I do think it's a lot better than I'm thinking of ending things. So you're welcome to the right side of my screen. Um, I just think the relevancy of this movie just the moments, the characters, the ensemble cast. I think it's it's got everything going for it for best picture. So it's it's four and a half for me. Hype that I can finally give a four and a half to a twenty twenty film. Where where does it rank in your twenty twenty? Number one. Woo. Number one. Wow. Okay. Wow. Uh so I went back and forth as well it was as well as Nathan did. Uh, I'm teetering between a four and a four and a half. Um, but I've been waiting for a movie to drop uh, this year that would at least break into my top five. Um, I've had the same top five, I think, since May. <laughs> I'm like, I'm like, what is your top five? My top five right now is number one is The Five Bloods. Number two is Never Rarely, Sometimes Always. Number three is Tiger Tail. Number three is Tiger Tail. Number four is The Invisible Man. And number five is Bad Education. So for me, uh, this one finally cracks my top five. Uh, but right now, it I should, still... because Bad Education is 2019. Yeah, well, whatever. But, <laughs> but uh, I still have The Five Bloods higher. So it is number two on my list right now uh, for 2020. See, so. I feel like that's another another film that I had to rewatch. I gave the Five Bloods three stars. I just didn't wasn't the big biggest fan of it. I feel like it needs a and it needs a rewatch. Perhaps I, I, I mean like I, I also was, don't want to watch two and a half hours of that. So. Yeah, it's it's a hard watch, but I dug it. I really dug it. Uh, so for me right now, this is number two. Finally, something new has cracked my uh, top five. I actually feel like the last half of the year, like anything that's currently in your top 10, I don't think it's going to make it. <laughs> like, I mean, like, I hope so. Right. Hope like, so. like, cause I think the rest of 2020, like there's some stuff coming. That's ridiculously good. So as uh, of right no, now, as of- Oh no, you mean tenant and Palm Springs are going <laughs> to fall out of my top 10. <laughs> Oh, no. Uh, no, What's going to happen if Tenet, the biggest disappointment of my life, falls out of the top ten? Oh, my goodness. Oh, no. I mean, as of today, right now, um, October 18th, if if there's no new movies in my top five or top ten by the end of the year, that will be shit. Yeah, that that would that would constitute a shit year. Like I'm not gonna lie, even though I liked a lot of the movies that are in my top five, like I would be really disappointed. The old guard is gonna stay in my top ten. Oh no! I just clipped that, Nathan. (laughs) Good, good. I'm gonna edit it down and send it to you. 
That's great. Thank God. Because that's how shit this year has been for movies. 2020 has been awful. We finally get a good one with Trial. Let's move on. So, we talked about some good stuff. Let's talk about some more good stuff. Uh, so, Brandon, what's been good for you this week? Um, I watched... Um, Hubie Halloween. No, I did watch it, but that was terrible. Um, <laughs> Wait I, for Phoenix to recommend cuties. Oh, stop. Oh, God, please. <laughs> no. Knowing Phoenix, knowing Phoenix, he's going to recommend that. I no. watched this documentary I, I, on I, girls I have, dancing. I, have, <laughs> I have more faith in Phoenix than to, to, uh, to, to think that on girls chasing their dreams and wanting oh, to become dancers and it's called cuties that's 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 actually called hustlers but anyway go ahead bro. Um, <laughs> i actually just rewatched um um curse of the black pearl for the first time in a while nice. um with a friend yes. what the hell and is that pirates? are you serious <laughs> oh pirates of the caribbean uh, yeah yeah. <laughs> yeah um overall i just absolutely love this film um it's not as good as Deadman's Chest, but um, this film holds up for a film that came out. And hear me out, two thousand three. I wow. did not know this film came out in two thousand three. This film looks like a twenty tens movie, Ooh. which is insane. Um, it holds up really well. Johnny Depp as Jack Sparrow just continues to be awesome, and yeah, I give um, Pirates of the Caribbean: The Curse of the Black Pearl my what's good of the week. Nice. Nathan, what about you? Yeah, so I watched The Gift on Netflix. Mm. Phoenix, you know this because I was texting you about it. Mm. Um, it's directed by Joel Edgerton, starring Joel Edgerton. Um, I just love when directors that we know that are like our generation direct movies. I think that's so cool. Um, so wanted to check this one out. It's been on my watch list forever. This is exactly what I want out of a psychological thriller. You know, if you, it's not, it's probably not going to blow you away five stars. It is a tad slow at points, but if you want something that's just going to absolutely f you up in the head, the gift does that. And uh, I don't, I don't think I was breathing by the end of the movie. So nice. The gift. It's on Netflix, directed by Joel Edgerton. That was fantastic for me this week. All right. Wow. Nick, what about you? Well, I actually watched uh, Hocus Pocus for the first time. Woo! Yes. Nice. I'm actually, uh, going, I'm actually going to see that later in theaters today. So. Oh, sweet. What'd wow. you think? I thought it was great. Not like great, great, but right, like right. I thought it was fun. It was a lot of fun. It honestly wasn't what I expected it to be. Like I thought it was going to be more of like first person, like Sanderson sisters being like the main mm. cast, not like um, they were just kind of in the background. Right. Um, but I thought it was good. I thought it was a lot of fun. So, is that your recommendation? I mean, that's all I got, you know. <laughs> and unless I want to recommend uh, two and a half hours of The Godfather Part Two, um, which I'm not, because yeah. Nathan and I literally started watching that a week ago today, and we still haven't finished it. So, <laughs> I know right. I'm gonna get we're gonna get a lot of hate from that, but it's fine. Yeah. Yeah, gotta finish the Godfather. Uh, Brandon, have you seen the Godfather series at all? 
a long time ago. I need to rewatch. Okay. I've never seen it. And these guys are just starting to watch we, it. So we need, we need to do a review for it. Yeah. We, we sometime. are, we are uh, in the minority on that film, which is terrible. Uh, so for me, um, I was going to recommend something that I had seen a long time ago. Uh, but then I went to the movies and saw a movie and it's still in my Did head. You see Infidel? He's going to say cuties. Fuck He's going to say cuties. Fuck Infidel to fuck that movie. Anyway. Um, <laughs> He's going to say cuties. No, no, no. <laughs> I went to the theaters and I saw a movie called Kajillionaire. It stars uh, Evan Rachel Wood, uh, Richard Jenkins, Deborah Winger. Um, this was, it's an independent film uh, done by, God, what was her name? Uh, ah, same chick who did... Uh, I was going to say Juno, but it's not Juno. <laughs> uh, she did another movie. I can't remember the name of it. But um, Kajillionaire is about this family of con. I was con people, scam artists. And they uh, they try to talk this girl into be, uh, joining them. And uh, it doesn't go well, <laughs> like to say the least. Uh, but this movie was super slow in the beginning. I spent like the first hour just hating myself, like, why is this movie? I hate everyone in this movie. I literally hated every character in this movie. I'm like, this is dumb. This is stupid. And by the time it was over, I was like, damn, that was smart. That was clever. Everything made sense. Shit, I dug it. It like it was one of those movies I was literally ready to walk out of. And then like it all just pieced together. And I was like, that was actually dope. I'm glad I did that. So Kajillionaire is my recommendation uh, this week. Fantastic movie. Ah, Miranda July was the director. She, uh, let me think. She also did Me and You and Everyone You Know. So if you've ever seen any of those movies. So uh, Miranda July's Kajillionaire is my recommendation. Nick has Hocus Pocus, Brandon, Curse of the Black Pearl, and Nathan, The Gift. And that's what's good from us. Here at Film Code. You are now listening to Film Code. Start program. All right, so, Nick, I believe it was your code word this week. It was indeed. All right. Remind everybody what your code word was and all of your clues, please. Yes, if I remember. Um, the code word was wonder. Mm-hmm. Um, let's see. Is From 1990 yeah. to 99. Yeah. Um, I do remember that it was a musical and the director is also in it. Mm-hmm. So those are the clues. I'm still looking. Don't go to me first. <laughs> oh, we're going to you first, Brandon. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. Nathan, what do you got? I'm just taking a shot in the dark because I didn't research this too uh, uh, too too much in depth. Um, I'm going to go with Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory, which is not a musical, but <laughs> taking my shot in the dark, that's what I'm going with. It's wrong. What was the year again? 1990 to 1999. Willy Wonka came out years before that. All right. Well, 
<laughs> that just goes to show you. <laughs> LMAO. All right. Uh, I, I researched this like the day you gave it to us. And I was like, I'm not finding anything. But I found one thing and I was like, oh, I guess uh, wonder. I don't know how wonder fits into this. But so I know the director was in the movie because he, he does the voice of it. It is a musical. I believe it came out in 98, maybe. Um, and that is South Park, Bigger, Longer, and Uncut. <laughs> the director, <laughs> Trey Parker, is in the movie. What? He does the, one of the voices. It is what a musical. What are you talking about? I love, I love South Park, so I, that was the only what thing I could find. What are you so talking about? I, I hope it's right. It'd be great. <laughs> so, Brandon, what do you got? <laughs> I was gonna hope to bounce off your answer, but damn. <laughs> South Park, man, that's it. Brandon confirmed answer stealer. No, no, most times I research this stuff, but I was just like, ah, oh, damn, I can't find anything. I'm just gonna bounce off one of these guys. <laughs> go with it, man. Bigger, longer, and uncut. And try to tell me. That's it. I'm gonna have to go with South Park, bigger, longer, and uncut. Whatever Phoenix said. <laughs> Wow. You guys. Wow. <laughs> wow. Go ahead. We're right. I know we're right. No, you are not right. Nathan on. does not give up the lead. Nathan does not give up the lead. Nobody uh, got it. Oh, uh, he, he had to. He had to exit the app to verify. <laughs> oh no! I'm reading some of the, the, uh, the movie facts. Mm-hmm. Okay, so the movie is That Thing You Do. Oh, wow, I saw that too. Came out in 1996. <laughs> the code word wonder came from the band who is called The Wonders, mm. who also had a one hit wonder. Tom <laughs> Hanks directed it, he was also in it. And because it is a band, there is singing, it's a musical. Yep. So, <laughs> a movie I watched a very long time ago, um, and I just always remember it for being good. I remember having the sound, the CD of it. Um, so, yeah, that thing you do. I have that on my watch list. I've never gotten around to it. Oh, you said um, you've seen it. No, like I when I was researching it, I saw it. Mm, I was like, gotcha. I was like, oh, I wonder if if that's it. But I haven't seen the movie, so I didn't know if how Wonder connected to it. And I also didn't know that Tom Hanks directed it, so that's great. Um, I like my I like my pick better. I think yeah, the South Park Bigger Longer and Uncut. Have you guys seen South Park Bigger Longer and Uncut? Not South, I hate Park, South fans. Park. What? Family oh. Guy's way better. What? Yeah, Family yes. Guy stole everything from South Park. Get out of here. <laughs> All right. So. Um, the newer, the newer Family Guy is garbage, but old Family Guy, mm. Bellissimo. <laughs> so Nathan, you had all yes. show the research. Did you come up with a code word? Or? I did. Oh shit! All wow, right. does that does wow. that surprise you, Phoenix? <laughs> yeah. You know what that sorry. means, boys? It's going to be really easy. <laughs> I'm sorry that I'm a guest host and I'm just new to this. So <laughs> we're all guest hosts. If you think it's easy, Nick, you better damn well get it then. 
I'm not saying it's easy. I'm saying it could be easy. You just said that. Rewind. Rewind. <laughs> Play that back. Rewind. <laughs> all, right, all right. All right. Here we go. So the code word is family. Okay. This movie came out. Family from- Guy. The musical. <laughs> May I speak? May I finish? <laughs> the, uh, the, the clue number one is the year. It's 2014 to 2019. So okay. recent. Oh, I would uh, hope a clue is the year. Yeah, it always is. You guessed host. Another <laughs> another clue is uh, it has an actor in it who has been in both the MCU and the DCEU. Um, oh wait so, a second! Yes. Actor in both MCU and DCU. Yes, this movie has an actor that is in the MCU and the DCEU. Ah, okay. Okay, and then the third clue is The Office. Uh, anyone that knows me knows I'm a big fan of The Office, so this movie features someone from The Office. That is your code word and your clues. There's got to be somewhere online where you can do, like, what movie I'm thinking of, and you can, like, enter in all our clues and find it. That'd be sweet. <laughs> that would be sweet. Like, that would, I, I think that would give us an unfair advantage, though. <laughs> right, copyright film code on that right. idea. <laughs> yeah. Really. So wait, so both an actor of Marvel, Marvel itself, or MCU? MCU. Okay. MCU and DCEU, and from mm. the office, the years 2014 to 2019, and the code word is family. Correct. I feel like this is gonna be easy. Okay. All right. Well. That is going to wrap it up for us, guys. Thank you so much for guest hosting again. I appreciate you all. (laughs) Oh, man. We got to get up out of here, guys. Brandon, let everybody know where they can find you. You guys can find me at F-A-N-T-A-S-M-I-C Ears on Twitter. That's Fantasmic Ears. I tweet movies. I retweet a bunch of Disney stuff. So, yeah, if you want to check me out over on Twitter, uh, feel free. Also, check me out on Letterboxd. I'm logging my films finally. I'm going to keep saying that every week because, God, man, I am finally logging my films. So, um, yeah, it's also Fantasmic Ears over on Letterboxd. If you give me a follow, I'll give you a follow back. Thank you guys for watching and listening. Nick, where can everybody find you, man? Yeah, I just want to say before that, thanks for, for having me as a guest host this week, Phoenix. Um, ho- love doing it. Hopefully I can come back next week. Uh, I'll, I'll, I'll put you on the list, yeah. Hopefully we uh, can yeah. have an, an input on what we talk about. <laughs> yeah, really. Um, but you can find me at Letterbox at Nick Spain. You got the flash by my name, which is how you know it's me. Um We'll be doing our PTA marathon soon. Um, so excited about that. And be on the lookout for my Godfather, Trial of the Chicago 7, and I think Hocus Focus review. I think nice. that's all I have to review. So, well, Quick question, though. Uh, you guys have done a lot of uh, director binges. What's, who's been your favorite so far? Fincher. Fincher. Mm. And that includes, we've done Wes Anderson, Fincher, uh, Christopher Nolan, uh, Quentin Tarantino, Tarantino. And then I've done David O. Russell and Nick's done Denis Villeneuve. Wow. So Fincher is the top one. Wow. Fincher's the fave. That's crazy. All right. Uh, Maybe we can talk about favorite directors next week or something. Definitely. All right. So Nathan, where can everybody find you? 
Yep, you can find me on Letterboxd at Nathan Pig. That's Pig with two G's. If you let me know you're a listener of the show, I'd be happy to give you a follow back. Um, however, you are listening to this right now, please go ahead and give us five stars, thumbs up. However, the rating system works. We are still growing. We are still trying to reach new audiences and, and grow as a show. So we would greatly appreciate you doing that. Also, follow the show over on Twitter at FilmCodePod. We do a ton of things, try and interact with fans and maybe get you shouted out here on the show. We didn't take questions today, but we normally do. That's a great way to get shouted out and get to know us more on a personal level. Um, One final thing, we are doing special segments now. I did one a couple weeks back on the Spider-Man movies. Brandon and I are going to do one about Gotham. Nick and I will probably do one about Fincher. I know Phoenix has one lined up soon. Exclusive episodes, shorter, get to know us personally a little better. Be on the lookout for that. And thank you guys so much for listening. Absolutely. And I've been Phoenix Cloudin, your other guest host for the day. Uh, <laughs> you guys can find me on Twitter at IMHOReviews1. That's the number one. And on Letterbox at PA Cloudin. And like Nathan said, please follow the show on Twitter at Film Code Pod. And we will see you guys next week. Peace.